Welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. I'm Alice Arnold and my guest this week is a star of EastEnders, also a star of Coronation Street and a star of much, much more. It is the actress Michelle Collins. Hello, it's Alice here on the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. My guest this week is the actress Michelle Collins. Just to put... uh, In context for our listeners who probably would recognise you mostly from EastEnders, but Mm. you've done so much more than that and your your CV is just... It's it's massive and conde- and very classy, if I might say. Oh, uh, thank you. You, you pick really well. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> and 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 very classy in that you're about to tour in in Harold Pinter's The Birthday Party. I am, yes. Which is no bit of fun. You know, EastEnders was twenty three years ago. Was it? Well, I know because I left my daughter, who's twenty three. But I don't think there is a day that goes by when somebody doesn't come and ask me about EastEnders. And actually, I'm okay about it now. I was a bit like. 10 years ago, oh, God, don't mention that. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to talk about, you know. But now it's like, go with it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, I Never suppose in a way. Away, I should I be proud that I created such an iconic character, I suppose. Let's just leave it there. Yeah, <laughs> let's leave it there. Um, you were brought up by your mother yes. in London. Mm. You didn't have what I would call a sort of typical drama school background, did you? No. I mean, you didn't go to a stage school and do all that No, not thing. at all. Um, uh, I did go to ballet classes and tap dancing classes for about a week and then I got a bit <laughs> fed up. <And laughs> my mum bought me the ballet shoes and bought me the tap and I was like, oh, I don't really like this. And uh, no, nobody in the family was, was um, in the industry at all, but I sort of always liked secretly, I was obsessed with television when I was little, obsessed with it. And um, and then I remember sort of doing little plays at school. And then um, I went to uh, a girls' grammar school, school, quite a strict grammar school. And uh, we created a drama group and we did sort of um, Oliver, but we, it was called Fanny. We did it, Fagan was Fanny and all these silly things. And and um, and then I went to the Cockpit Youth Theatre. And then I realised at school that I didn't really like school. Um, I told them I wanted to be an actress and they told me not to be silly, have something to fall back on, you know, oh, yes. be a teacher or did a nurse. Did you do a secretarial course? No, I did. Um, My mum did, though. My mum did a Pittman's course. Yeah. No, I, I was a bit sort of... I was a bit of a rebel and I became a punk when I was about 15. And... I had a bit of a... Because my best friend died when I was 15 and it sort of made me go a little bit off the rails and so I decided... And I basically failed all my exams. and But I got into this college to do drama so they must have seen something in me, which was great. And I already had a place, to, you know, whether I'd got my exams. I ended up coming out the four O levels and then when I went to college, I did a drama course and A-level English. Um, so I didn't go down that conformist route at all. And then when I was at college... Um, which I loved um, because there were boys and you didn't have to go to classes if you didn't want to. And it was just a whole new life for me, you know. And I auditioned for drama school and I didn't get in anywhere apart from I had one recall for Central and I didn't get in. And it was very expensive. And I thought, and they all said, try again next year. And I was like, well, I, I'm not paying this again. I'm not doing this again. And and then in those days, it was sort of, I, there was, um, do you remember... Um, there was, a, I think, a magazine called City Limits or something. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and, I used to, and there was the stage, obviously. And I answered an ad and I got a job in um, in a fringe uh, place. So I just sort of 
didn't ever go to drama school. And is that never... how you got your equity card? I got my equity card for being in a pop band called Mary Wilson and the Wilsations. I would, that was my next question. Yes. Backing so, singer in Mary and the yes. Thingy. Yes, so yeah. you could sing. Mary and the Thingy. No, that's no, right. Sorry. She, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. It's fine. You can say that. Whatever you um, said. No, she had a bigger beehive than me. It was fine. So I don't mind you saying Mary Wilson and the Thingies. And I like to think she wasn't the same when we left, you know. But uh, but it was it was brilliant fun. We were signed to London Records. I got £30 a week. Uh, there were nine guys and three girls. And we were basically spent our life in a white transit van up and down the motorway. And we used to sort of meet... The, the Eurythmics and the Little Chef and the Bell Stars. and I mean, it was a great life. I was 18 years old and suddenly, you know, the 80s scene, it was fantastic. I had the time of my life. I really did. Not that I ever really wanted to be a singer. Not that I ever really could sing that well. But it didn't really matter because the band was a show. And, you know, I remember sharing a dressing room with Kid Crow on the Coconuts at Dingwalls and, you know, playing... Um, the Adelphi with level 42. And I mean, it was a fantastic time. It really was. So, and I was, I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity to do that. But you, you said you can't sing. You must have been able to sing a bit because well, you got the audition. Well, I sung a little bit. And um, in fact, I remember there was an advert at college. It was, it was called Kingsway Princeton College. And there was an advert on the wall and it said, Girl Singer Wanted for New Band. And it didn't say who it was. And and I went along and and sung um, a Roberta Flack song, Killing Him Softly. And it was for Bow Wow Wow, for Malcolm McLaren. So we know why I didn't get that gig. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this. Um, but anyway, I would try my hand at, at um, you know, I'd, I was, you know, pretty much um, a grafter and would go up for lots of things. And then after the band, um, I worked at the, the Gate Theatre in Notting Hill. I did the news review, which actually is still oh, going. Yeah, the news Which review. was fantastic. It's, We'd get the scripts on a Thursday and you'd perform them on a Friday. And that was just a brilliant experience. And I met Tim Roth, who then got me into an actor's co-op. Yes, now that, that I have heard I stolen about your that, question? And, no, no, you haven't stolen <laughs> my question. But but um, but he kind of helped you get your yeah yeah your first he break he, and he did really. yeah and then he got so busy he left the co-op oh so because with an actors co-op there are some around still and it's it's it so an agency weren't so it's they, an agency but you, you work in man... the agency yourself so That's there is right. no management level at all mm. it's basically the actors that run the agencies um, I think Julie Waters started off in one I think. She, I mean, I know a lot of them are now agencies. They they, mm. they sort of stopped being co-ops. I think maybe that was Narrow Road or, or something, I, I think. But my one was called Focus. But, um, yeah, so Tim sort of got me in and, and, and I did my first telly when I was 21 with Gary Oldman, a series for the BBC called Morgan's Boy, with a director called John Gorry, who sort of um, mentored me a bit after that and gave me um, quite a few jobs after that. So I was very lucky. You'd already done quite a bit of telly and film mm. before you went into EastEnders. Yeah. And now you've played quite a lot of sort of dark, not the not the nicest of characters always. Do you like doing that? I like dark, yeah, do I do. Um, I think dark's a bit more interesting. No, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I suppose I'd like to say, you know, maybe sort of flawed women. I, do, I think, I don't know about, I mean, I think the character of Cindy was great in a sense that I don't think there were that many characters that were like... Cindy sort of behaved like a man in a way and sort of and got away with it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why that character was so popular. I think because she did things that other women perhaps wanted to do, but they never had the courage to do. I mean, I'm not talking about killing your husband. I'm just talking about, you know... <laughs> just, Maybe swerve that I, I one. I don't know. I mean, yes, people sort of... But they, I think they love to hate her actually. But it was, I, I know, I mean, 
in a sense, when I left EastEnders, it was very important for me and for my agent to get me a role that was very different, that people could mm-hmm. see another side of me. And I don't think you, you know, most actors don't want to be pigeonholed into the same sort of part. So it was quite important to, and you couldn't get more lighter than sunburn. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Although I did deal real, I did um, do real women in between. Well, real women, which was with Pauline Quirk and, and um, Francis Barber. Yeah, and Gwyneth Strong and, and Leslie Manville. Uh, what, I mean, what an amazing I know. cast. I know. Now, it I was... know Frankie a bit, and I'm looking at you, and I'm thinking, that must have been a blast, you and her yeah, together. Well, Frankie, Pauline, and I shared a trailer, so you can imagine what that was like. Well, <laughs> we, <laughs> we were all in our 30s then, so we were sort of. <laughs> You know, we worked hard, but we play hard as well. No, it was probably one of the best jobs I've ever had in my entire life. It was just because I'd I'd left EastEnders to have Maya and then they'd asked me to go. I took a year out and in that year I did Real Women and I'd already agreed that I would go back to EastEnders for six months. And, and I remember everyone saying to me, like Phil Davis directed was directing. And I remember the... the um, um, continuity woman saying don't go back don't go back you you know you've proved you can you you're great in this you should do something else and I was because I you know it was very it's very tough to leave a long running show mm-hmm. like that and actually I after Real Women I went back for six months and thought no I'm gonna do it I'm gonna make the break and and I didn't have anything to go to but it, it was really important that I that I did that actually yeah I think it takes that bold decision yeah doesn't but it? And you just to work to with leave. those great women and they weren't female-led shows like there are now mm. you know it was a bit I mean, groundbreaking, but it sort of set a precedent, I think, for those female shows and really strong. And I fought hard to get that job as well. I really did. Mm. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't an offer and I had quite a few auditions. And I think, you know, they were thinking, "Mm, shall we go for this? And and, um, I practically begged them to give me that job. (laughs) But, you know, it paid off. I loved it. And we're all still great friends. So... Mm. Oh, that's nice to hear. Now, you've also done musicals in the West End as well, yes. haven't you? Yeah. So, despite you saying that you don't really sing and you didn't like your tap dancing or ballet. No, much. I didn't. No. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't like the tap dancing because it was above the funeral parlour and it gave me the creeps. Was in, that the reason? Yes, in the Holloway Road. I didn't like that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and uh, But uh, no, I'm certainly not a West End Wendy at all. And um, what was my first musical was um, Oh, Daddy Cool. Mm-hmm. I think that was my... No, it wasn't that, actually. I also did the... Um, and my, my brain's gone. The Take That musical, Never Forget. I forgot I did that as well. I've d- I did that. I paid Babs, the mum. Right. And uh, and I got offered that. I don't know why, but I did that. And then Daddy Cool, Gurinder Chowdhury was involved in the very beginning of, of um, Daddy Cool. It was the one... It was the Boney M musical. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I met her and Robert McIntosh and we chatted and they asked me, would I play Mar Baker? And it was sort of... It was a bit of a work shoppy thing in the beginning and um yeah we did it it was um i would say it's great fun it was it, it was a tough show it was a tough show to do but i stuck it for about six months i got up for about six months and um there were lots of reasons why that show closed which i won't go into but um <laughs> that was my oh, i wish so- you would but it was great bring at the shaftsbury i mean it was amazing i had jerry hall's dressing room yeah at the Shaftesbury and just looking out that window and you sort of want to go, oh my God, I'm in the West End. I'm in the this West End. This is so amazing. Yeah. This is so amazing. They used to go, yeah, she used to smoke out of that window. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a great show in a way, but I think it was a little bit before its time. Anyway, then I didn't do anything for a long time and then I did Chitty with um, the fantastic Phil Jupitus who played the Baron, uh, uh, Jason Manford and Martin Kemp. I mean, what a cast. How could you turn that down? That was, And that was fantastic. And that was um, a tour. I think I ended up doing that for about seven months. Yeah, 
Right. So you've never done one of those really long, apart from on television, you haven't done one of those really no, long No, I was runs. supposed to do it longer, but I injured my knee, so I couldn't stay for, for longer. Seven months is, is, is enough, actually. Okay. I mean, it was sort of a good tour because we were in venues for two weeks, which is quite nice. Um, but I know I haven't done And then I did Thoroughly Modern Millie, which I only did for six weeks because I was going on to do something else. And that was great fun, playing Mrs Mears. That was fantastic fun. So you're leaping about and you're never getting stuck in one thing, are you? No, I'm Collins? a bit like that. No, yes, no. I can see that. When I get too comfortable, then I... Sometimes no. it's good, sometimes it's bad. But no, I'm not a conformist at all. I've always been a little bit like that. Now, talking about being comfortable, you mm. did, I can't believe you did this, the Bear Grylls thing. I did, you yeah. You survive. What was that like? Uh, that's how I did my knee in, actually. <laughs> yes. And... Um, it, what was it like? Oh, my God. It was one of the hardest things I've probably ever done in my entire life. I mean, I, I never stupidly, stupidly realised how tough that would be. I mean, you know, great, a great, great challenge. Um, and that came out of... Actually, it came out a bit out of empty nest syndrome. My daughter had gone to uni. And, and actually, I'd, I was supposed to do it the year before that. And then I had a lot of personal stuff going on. My daughter's father died. My best friend died. So I pulled out. And then next year, I sort of felt a bit stronger and they asked me, would I do it? And I was like, yeah, go for it. But I mean, it was... And I actually got down to the last four. God knows why. Bear <laughs> girls kept saying, you're a mother, you're a survivor, you're great, you're great through this. And I was like, no, I won't. I won't. Please, I want to go home. Let me go home. I'm hungry. And I lost a stone in weight. That was good. A stone? Yes. I lost a stone. Oh, yeah. I've got um, to sign up for that but it, right it now. Was, and honestly, I really think people, I don't know what the jungle's like, because I've obviously never been in the jungle, but there were no frills, there was nothing. We literally really did walk all the time and we, long distances, when I say walk, we all walk, but long distances, um, sort of mountainous terrain, wet, freezing cold. Then we'd have to put up our tents. Then we'd have to light a fire. Then we'd have to get our own food. And if we didn't get our own food, we lived on soldiers' rations, which were 500 calories a day. But, you know, I think it was a great experience. I'm not sure that I'd ever do it again. Uh, so you wouldn't do the jungle? I, that, that's very different, the jungle, isn't it? I think the jungle is a lot. Is about how you get on with people as well, isn't it? I think, whereas... Mm. This was just getting through it. I mean, and, and and the lack of sleep was, I think, probably the hardest. Just being so tired all the time. But but also the challenges. I mean, jumping jumping from great heights and wading in water full of... I mean, it was just unbelievable. It was actually... And I was scared. I did was it scared you, a lot. Do you think? I think it did make me put things into perspective. Things like... Thinking, oh, God, don't worry. Or even things like stage fright, but thinking, well, no one's died. What's the point of getting yourself in a state about it? And it's silly because, you know, uh, what could get worse? <laughs> and you just, no, it was, I mean, I did, I was constantly, I'd wake up in the morning and think, oh, no, what are we doing today? Oh, my God, what are we doing today? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it sounds horrible. It sounds really horrible. But I did it. I can tick that box now. I can cross that off. Yeah. I've done it. And he's quite cool, Bear Grylls, isn't he, I think? Still? Is he and, still quite cool? I think he's still quite cool. <laughs> now, you had a, you mentioned it uh, briefly, the very difficult year when the father of your of your daughter died and also her godfather, who was Paul Cottingham. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's part of Michael Cashman has just written a book. Yeah, I yeah. know, I've read it. Have you read Have it? Have you? No. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's quite... It's well, I'm good. in it, aren't I? Um, yeah, it's, it, anyway... Um, <laughs> But it's it's very revealing about... I've read bits of it. And to be honest with you, I found it a bit upsetting. And and it's a bit... I'm not sure that 
I, it's a bit like watching myself on TV. I don't like watching myself on TV. And a bit like, I don't know if I want to read about myself in the book. I mean, I think I know what he's written about. And and also that was, you know, Paul was a great, great friend of mine. I met Paul in EastEnders in 1988 and Michael and, you know, as a witness at their wedding and everything. And, you know, he was my dear, dear friend. And maybe it's just a little bit too close to home. But I think Michael's been extraordinary in his honest... In his, I mean, he's been amazingly honest and candid and mm. written about things that... Even I was like, oh, my God, that's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But I think he needed to do that. I think he really needed to get that book out there. And because I know, you know, losing Paul is just has had such a huge impact on his life. And uh, But he's fantastic. He does amazing things for LGBTQ and, and it's Stonewall and he's just an incredible man. And I hope the book does really well. It really deserves mm. to, mm. even though I haven't read it. <laughs> But you say it's good. Well, you, you know no, it everybody has anyway. it's, it's, it's got would, wonderful reviews. It's I got, think you would find it very close to home. I think it, it Yeah, but I, it's got wonderful it. reviews, so yeah. um, I'm glad he's... Right. And one last question before mm. we talk about the birthday party, which mm. we will do in a minute, because yes. that's why you're here. But uh, you do you describe yourself in your Twitter profile as a dog lover. Yes. What have you got? I have got um, a, a rescue dog called Humphrey. Humphrey yeah. has his own Twitter account. He does, yes. I notice he hasn't tweeted recently. Yes, Humphrey no, does. I keep wrong forgetting. Because I keep oh, forgetting. What do you mean you keep forgetting? I Humphrey keep forgetting to tag Humphrey. Right. <laughs> I'm not, not, honestly, I'm not very good not at social media. Till, since 2018, can oh, I just tell stop. you he hasn't? Hasn't he? No, That's he hasn't. terrible. I know, it is. Oh, poor Humphrey. No wonder he he's might, a bit well, low. He, how many followers has Humphrey got? About they, 10. They'll be falling off the... They, he won't have any soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> but how will he feel about that? Oh, but I always tag the... But he's from a rescue, a rescue yes. um, place called All Dogs Matter, which I do a lot of work, wonderful charity, um, run by um, Ira Moss, who's amazing, and I do lots of... Work with them. So, yeah, no, I love, I love my Humphrey. Yes. And he's a sort of, he looks sort of shit so here, would that be he's right? He's a bit of everything. Is he? Yeah. He's very sweet. He, he's uh, he's a lapser, shih tzu, pug, a bit of everything. Really? Yeah, he's just lovely. Yeah, adore yeah. him. Yeah, he looks very cute. Um, yes, rescue dogs. Wish we had. Them. Oh, I love dog. Yeah. I love, dog I love yeah. going. To, that's my life. Going to the, if I've got a day off, I just love going to the park and walking Humphrey and my partner, and we just love it. I never thought I'd be a sort of crazy doggy person. <laughs> but I am, and I love it. Now, what's going to happen to Humphrey when you're on tour well, with hope, the Well, a lot party. of theatres, you can take dogs now. Um, and keep him. So will he stay I'm in your dressing room? Is he like He will stay like in my that? dressing room, yeah. I just did Panto at uh, Swindon at the Wyvern, and he was with me the whole time, and everyone loved him. We used to pass him around, and yeah, it's just, it's really nice. It's great company, and it just, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. He, a bit of home comforts, yeah. He feels at home in the theatre, Yeah, obviously. he just snores. He just sleeps all the time. Does he? Doesn't care where he is now. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the birthday party. Yes. Carol Pinter. Yes. Have you done Pinter before? No. And, um, actually, I'd forgotten. I did do um, a night out when I was at college. Um, but apart from that, and I just did a small extract of it, I think, for um, an exam we were doing. But apart from that, no, I haven't. Because it's challenging text, isn't it? It's very challenging, yes. I um, did meet Stephen Mangan the other day who did the birthday party a couple of years ago and I said, what did you think? He said, I love doing it, but ask me what it was about. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> love doing it, but I don't know. Uh, um, <laughs> do you know what it's about? Do, uh, I don't right? think anyone knows what it's about. Even Harold Pinter, I don't think knew what it was about. I think that's the joy of this play that everyone seems to, you know, it's really, it's sort of a dark comedy, but it's actually menacing and sinister 
Um, and also some really dark moments, you know, when they actually have the birthday party and all the lights go down and it's it's all... Because um, I've had a few sneak previews. I've obviously looked at some past productions and there's there was a film that actually Harold Pinter was in. He played Goldberg. Oh, right. Um, but uh, I'm sure your listeners know what it's about. It's about a boarding house um, mm-hmm. in Eastbourne. Uh, Meg and uh, PT are the landlord, landlady of your, this sort of boarding uh, house. It says in the casting notes, it says Meg, who's in her 60s, which you're definitely not. So are you no. all playing up or you just lowered the age of everybody in the cast? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just something for you to think about. I don't about. know. Um, I think um, for me, I mean, I, I think she's... You know, when you look at all the people that have played Meg, it's fantastic. You're in some, you know, you're treading on in some, um, with some great company. The age didn't really matter, actually. So, I mean, I suppose Tristan Gemmell, who's playing Goldberg, he's not that old, is he? I think he's slight, he's probably in his late 40s, early 50s. I think they have gone slightly younger, Mm. yes. Uh, But that's the fun of it. I like, you know, Meg, because she's, well, she's complex to me. She's a little bit crazy. She's a bit, you know, what is she doing in this house? There's a, you know, she's comedic, but she's also tragic and she's also quite sexy. There's, you know, she has all these aspects to her personality that, you know, we haven't we haven't started rehearsing, so I haven't made any choices about her yet. Um, but I think that's what you have to do. You've got to go in and you've got to make a choice and say, right, I am playing it like this. Um, because, because with that sort of text, actually, you can choose whatever you want. Yes, really, yeah. As long as you all get there at the end there. of the day, yeah. As yeah. long as you, you know, it's all about as we know, pauses and dashes, and, yes, and, and subtext. And, yeah, but yeah. but it is one of those that people go, oh, I love that play. I love that play. Um, so yeah, it's quite exciting. And I think you know, Pinter's one of those things that to add to your CV. I think the Americans love Pinter, don't they? Oh, they love Pinter. <laughs> Do they? Yes, they do. They're very impressed by Pinter. Oh, they? <laughs> They're very impressed by Pinter and Doctor Who. Right. <laughs> so no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's very different from anything I've ever done before. Uh, totally not glamorous. Totally, completely out of my comfort zone. And I think that's those are the sort of um, roles that I sort of tend to try and seek now. Really, roles that aren't easy. Yeah, it's great. You really like challenging yourself, don't yes, you? Yes, I've already seen a wig I want. <laughs> Where was the wig? Was it in Pax? This really this wig shop in Finsbury Park. Right. Uh, I don't think the director wants me to wear a wig. I was going but, to say, but no, I I want to wear a wig. I've got to wear a wig. No, no. She Describe the wig. wig. Hmm? What sort of wig? Well, it's sort of set in the late fifties, early sixties, isn't it? So it's sort of quite short and quite curly. And and when I was when I first moved out of home, I I moved to this bedsit, which my mum cried when she saw it, and I had this landlady. Um, who was my landlady in the house. And, and I, when I think of Meg, I think of her. And she had this this wig that I saw. And I was like, that's Meg's wig. That's the wig I'm going to wear. Well, so, you've got a starting point then. Because I reckon if you've got, got a starting hair, point, yes. And you've... also, I've never... Everyone assumes, because Tristram, we were both in the same show, uh, Coronation Street, but at different times. But I've never... And actually, I did an episode of Casualty that he was in, but we never had any scenes, so we don't actually know each other. Right. So, um, but I met my, all the actors at the photo court, and everyone seems great, and they've all—they all seem really, you know—they're all very keen to do it, and I'm sure we'll all get on. And where do you start? And when and where so do you we, start rehearsing? So it comes out of—it's a Cheltenham Everyman production. So we start at Cheltenham, and. Um, I've got my dates here somewhere. I know it goes and on And then we the go of to June. the Lowry. Mm. So we do, um, so yes, it's Everyman Theatre Cheltenham, then the Lowry, 
Oxford Playhouse, Guildford, Yvonne Arno, Edinburgh Kings, Norwich Theatre Royal, Cardiff New Theatre, Richmond Theatre and Milton Keynes. In fact, I've done all of those venues apart from the Lowry. And obviously, um, Cheltenham I've never done before. They'll so all be they're, they're all really nice venues. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They open on the 2nd of April and yes. you go on till the end of June. Beginning of, Beginning of June. First two weeks in June, I think, isn't it? Something like well, it's that. A, it's a few months. Anyway, obviously it's, it's not... It's the first two weeks in June because I think we do Richmond and then Milton okay. Keynes is the last one. So I think you... it's round about June the 14th. 13th. Oh, I'm right. June there you go. Well, well done. There and you then go. you stop because you don't want to do anything for too long because you'll be bored of it. <laughs> so what... what do you, do you know what's next? Uh, I've got a few things bubbling. I'm producing a TV series, which is a book that I found and I optioned. Oh, wow. Because um, I have a company now, which I'm... Uh, and people send me books all the time. This is a particularly wonderful book called Half a World Away by a writer called Mike Gale. And, um, yes, yeah, so that's... We were at the stage where we had, we've got a writer and that's off to... Uh, that's been sent to Netflix, Amazon, mm. BBC, ITV. So yep. we're just waiting on that, really. And uh, and I'm, I can't say too much about it, but I'm creating, writing, and what I'm, a one-woman show in Edinburgh. I can't even say it because I'm like, oh my God, yeah, it's like, it's... You just did. It's happening. You just did yes, say yes. it. So now I've got to do it. One-woman show in Edinburgh. <laughs> yes. I think you have. Yeah. Which is we've got. I've, I'm not. I can't say too much about it. Okay. But um, because yeah, don't know it's exciting, yet. and it's no, no, no. I totally oh, know what know. it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh no, no, I know oh. what it is. Yes, it's it's it was it's my idea. It's something I wanted to make into a short film a few years ago, and it never happened. But I'm actually working with. Uh, I did a play at the park, um, a play called A Dark Night in Dorsten, mm -hmm. which I co which I commissioned and I co-produced it, and I was in it, and I'm working with that writer, uh, somebody called Stuart Permit. So we're doing that, yeah. But what I mean is I've actually, it's actually all going ahead now, so it's all quite exciting. But I I always think you don't want to say too much about it. It's a bit, you know, because you don't want to sort of taint it, I suppose. Right. You know what I mean? So I know it's mad and it's like, what am I doing? I don't know why I'm doing it, but it's something, again, that I've never done before. And I've sort of always yourself. wanted to do it. And also I saw um, Frankie's play Music, which I just thought was so brilliant. And she seemed like she... She loved doing it. And also, I think if you do a one-woman show, there's, you know, it, it, things just don't end, end in Edinburgh. They go on to other places. And so it has a, a life after. The, these days, it definitely does. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's quite exciting. I might be able to squeeze a telly in between. I don't know. That might be quite nice. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> so my next question is, so we've now got you up to well, Edinburgh Festival, so we've sort of got to the beginning of September um, without a day off. <laughs> but, um, I get two days off in Edinburgh. You, oh, good. Yeah. If you were going to go on holiday at all ever, what, what would you do for your holiday? Oh, I don't know. Um where would I? I'm very lucky. I have a very, very close girlfriend who lives in the south of France. I go and see her quite a bit. Uh, I go to LA quite a lot. I've got friends over there, but I'm, I won't be going there for a while now because, you know, can't afford to go and no, co-produce in Edinburgh. Yeah, can't afford busy. to go anywhere. <laughs> um, but it's very difficult, as you know, being self-employed to plan holidays. Mm -hmm. It just is. So 
you know, I'm not even thinking about holidays at the moment. I just need to get through this tour. I'm thinking about a holiday, just listening to you, telling me about everything you're doing. I'm exhausted now. I need a holiday. And I I've just take a holiday any time. <laughs> long weekends are good. I'll take maybe take a long weekend in Norfolk. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really thinking about that. But Well, listen, but lots of luck with the birthday Thank you. Party. Yes. Um, I can't wait to see it when it comes near London. Yes. Um, we'll really look forward to that. Michelle Collins, thank you so much. Thank for you. In. Thanks for having me. Michelle Collins was talking to me, Alice Arnold. And if you enjoyed that and you'd like to hear more of the podcast, well, just go to wherever you get your podcasts from and download all the back catalogue. There are lots of them. And then you can also rate it. You give it stars. Give it lots, please.